With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On Giddy Up, the weekend review with Dean Watling, Julian Valance, and Jack Dickens. Catcher himself, Jules Valens. Hello to you. G'day, guys. Jack Dickens, live from the Sydney airport. Good morning. Good morning, G. Good morning, boys. Good morning, everyone. And the Barry attendant, Dean Watling. Hello to you, mate. Morning, fellas, and morning to the listeners. Geez, it was a wonderful weekend of racing, Jules. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It had it all and it had a lot of emotion, a lot of drama. Like, I, And I think racing is a sport that can produce the it's the only sport that can produce the drama like it did there on Saturday afternoon especially watching Flemington I was talking to a mate there yesterday and you wake up on a Saturday morning full of excitement with anticipation I think because of the new market handicap it was such an interesting race and then you see two nasty falls within seconds of each other there and the size at Flemington and then you get this nervous anxiety that rips through your body wondering how those jockeys are and then you hear updates throughout the day and Craig Williams is out of hospital now and our thoughts with Jamie Carr because she is still sedated in the Royal Melbourne. And while we're talking about Jamie Carr, Benny Mallum, her partner, just released this statement on his social media platforms and it reads, a second precautionary scan on Jamie reiterated the results of the initial scan, indicating that there is no swelling, bleeding all fractures. She remains heavily sedated to allow her brain to rest. Doctors will reduce sedation as they see fit. She's in a stable condition. Her family appreciates the love and support during this stressful time. However, their primary focus is on nursing Jamie back to good health. So that is good news, but we're thinking of Jamie and her family. So you have that situation with Craig and Jamie, and then you feel a little bit nervous for, in a different way, for Dean Holland, who gets the call up from James Cummings and Godolphin to ride in secret. And then he produced an absolute beauty. He rode like Lester Pickett to win the new market handicap. Um, Lester Pickett's a superstar. You should know him. Google him, Jack. And um, okay. it was a terrific Good training performance by James Cummings. So I thoroughly, and then you had the Coolmore Classic where Jack's horse, Espiona, tasted success, Jules. So it happened all <laughs> in a way. It was it, a roller coaster day. No, it was. It definitely was. And and you're right. I mean, sort of horse racing is probably the only real sport that sort of allows that kind of storytelling yeah. to occur. And there's just so many stories within the stories as well. I mean, as soon as Jamie's off to hospital and they're looking for replacements, you just see the price of In Secret wind yeah. out and wind out and wind out. And that's no knock on... Dean Holland at all. He comes out and he aims and he shoots up the straight. And it was a, a, a great sort of straight ride, I thought, on a horse that, you know, needed to be back to her best to win the race, which he sort of did very similar to the Coolmore. But it just goes to show, and, and us as analysts and people out there, you can actually now put a value on what jockeys are compared to other jockeys. Yes. I mean, is this what we learnt for you? Well, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think, I think in secret holds its price at $4.40 throughout the day. Jamie comes off and, and you see the price of in secret continually drift out to end up 
starting, I think, six fifty or $7. So for those out there that think jockeys don't move the price and they think the horse does it all, and obviously the horse does have to have the motor, but there's other variables in racing that affect the price. And I think we saw that on Saturday um, very vividly. Jack, what did you make of all of that, especially the in-secret market? I couldn't agree. I 100% agree with Jules. That's what I learned as well. And I just thought his ride was perfection. It was properly brave on a good horse on a massive occasion. You want to see your horses like that to be beat at the 100 at the 150, not like just missing. I thought it was, I just loved his ride. Full credit to him. Well done. So I'll get to you in just a moment, Dean. I say Jules then. So jockeys, you've got to take them into consideration when you're doing your prices. So does that teach us that sometimes that you've got to be extra careful when you're analysing the rides of Carr and, say, James McDonald? Yeah, I because mean... Because you are copping unders. Well, I mean, are you copping unders? Not really, because they ride to market expectation or they exceed the market expectation. So um, they're still doing their job. So you, in essence, you're not taking unders if they hit market Correct. expectation or exceed it. Um, and there's going to be moments in throughout the calendar year where they don't. And I don't think James is, is exceeding the market expectation at the moment, but that'll turn swings and roundabouts with jockeys and, and the way they ride. But um, you've just got to understand that you've got to work out what price point you want when these jockeys are either on the horse or when they're not on the horse. So uh, again, one part of the little puzzle, but that's why we love it. I was watching Channel 7's coverage from my Gold Coast hotel room the other day, Dino on Saturday, and I love the interview between Bruce McEvaney and James Cummings. And James was talking to Bruce and and he was explaining how he went into the jockey's room and had a 25-minute discussion with Dean Holland regarding what he thinks will happen, what horses you need to follow within secret, making sure that he's relaxed and he's got so much belief in, in, in his filly. And uh, I think James walked out of that conversation and he was having a chat to a few people that I know and they said that, Dean Holland was a lot more relaxed than, than say a few others there and a few of the punters that backed in secret Dino. So it was just a terrific story all around for mine. Yeah. The way he spoke sort of uh, post race was outstanding as well. I thought he was very composed. He didn't overplay his hand in sort of jumping up about He, He gave his respect to the two fallen jockeys and then just sort of went through the mindset he was. I think it was a fascinating story to get the inside of, um, high level sport when something goes wrong and sort of James goes in, runs him for the replay, Dean Holland's opinion, what he come up with and then to execute it. I, I just think it's an outstanding um, effort from all around and thoughts obviously to Jamie and Craig Williams, but um, at the flip side, we, we see Dean Holland ride a group one winner. Um, so outstanding all around. What did you learn, Dino? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that I learned. Uh, firstly is Regan Bayless is back to his best form. I run his stats and his strike rate the last year is the best in the past five years for him. He rode Steel City perfectionly, um, perfectly, sorry, on the weekend. Um, so he's back to his best. And I think the other thing we learned uh, touching on in secret is that James Cummings now is, and the Godolphin setup is the best grand final trainer in Australia. I think it's easy to say, but then the stats back it up. Around the stats between listed and group one level, um, all in between then over the last three years. And, James Cummings strikes at 14.325%, where Waller and Maranusa strike about 11% in those big grand final races. So I think we can say that the Cummings stable are the best at producing their horses on grand final day now. There's a few things that I learned from the weekend. Steel City um, probably would have won the Blue Diamond. Is that fair to say, Jules? No, I mean, I backed Steel City in a Blue Diamond. Yeah. I still, I'm still one of those ones that you just never know on the, on the day. 
Um, but she controlled, she was outstanding, I thought, on Saturday and controlled the race. And, you know, she might be able to atone for it maybe in a golden slipper in okay. seven days' time. Can she win it, a golden slipper? Absolutely. Yeah. She's she's right there. I mean, we sort of know that there's no standout two-year-old. Um, I love horses on the seven-day backup, especially when they win like they like she did on Saturday. So, you know, you got to draw, draw a marble and you've got to get the luck in running, which she didn't get in the diamond. So, yeah. bit to play out, but she's right in the ball game. Dicko, what you need is a group one horse? 100%. Well, no, not a group one horse, a group horse. 100%. Yeah. It's a very good, very nice horse, exciting win. He'll be, he'll be competitive in group ones, you would imagine, even maybe as close as, say, a Goodwood in Adelaide, Jules. What horse is this? What you need, Mickey Price, Michael Kent Jr. Uh, down the straight. He's a ripper. Yeah, One he early is. in the day. He's a ripper, yeah, race two. I mean, it's we analyse markets, we try and work out. I mean, it was it was quite a drift, $1.75 out to $2.10, and they sort of came for Fasudo. I can understand that. But, um, yeah, they def- the, the bookies definitely let you on that horse, but – Let's put it this way. They won't be letting you on next start. No. <laughs> 13 yeah. minutes past eight. Gareth Hall, Jules Valance, Jack Dickens, Dean Watling with you. This is the Racing Review on Giddy Up. Let's take a break and then we'll come back with our please explains plus yours tech, text messages. Get them in 0499 736 736. I think Oscar has rounded up some terrific prizes this morning for the best text messages. So 499 736 736. Espiona the fence from Pride of Jenny and she's a belter. Three of the minute now. Espiona, she's a belter. Pride of Jenny. Espiona wins the group one. Espiona and nose on the line to Pride of Jenny who is game in defeat. What a performance by Espiona and Mickey D and Chris Waller to win that group one Cornwall Classic on Saturday afternoon. I don't think I've ever seen a horse go bigger for a long time than what Pride of Jenny did. Um, that was enormous when I had a look at the, the figures. And I thought she's a belter was brave as well. So um, we'll start off with you here, Dicko, because your man, Mickey D, just continues <laughs> to get the job done on the big stage. Unbelievable. He's, um, he's riding he, like he Darren Beedman. Of... Do you know who Darren Beedman is? Yeah, he, he, he found the church, didn't he? I was in one on Saturday. You should find the church um, as well. Oh, I felt anxious when I walked in the joint. Um, anyway, he's a bit like Dustin Martin, Mickey D, and he? he's a big game player. He's yeah. um, delivering on the big stage again and again. It's starting to become a bit of a habit. Although Dustin Martin probably a little bit more dangerous around home and away season than Mickey D is week to week out at Sandown. But full credit to him, he lifted this horse. And this is like peak lifting because this horse would need God, Jesus, Muhammad and everything to get it right. And it's delivered on what it promised. What was it? Three years ago, this horse sort of, Said I'm 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 a pretty good horse and it delivered on Saturday. So can you admit now that you got it wrong with Mickey D after you said that pinstripes no chance of winning a group one when Mickey D's aboard? My opinion has somewhat changed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I love about you, Dicko. You can admit <laughs> that you're wrong from time to time. And some people I, need to take a leaf out of your book. I, I'm I was also wrong about Espiona as well. Yeah, so, well I think everybody was full, a little full bit. Full credit to me for being wrong. Yeah. About a number of things on the weekend. Dean Watling, um, what did you make of Espiona's performance there on the weekend? Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, sort of prior to Jenny, done everything but win. They've got about 10.1 lengths faster than the average to the 800 metre mark. So she's done an almighty job to stick on. Anavistio, three out of five lanes to give. But very, very interesting here, fellas, with Espiona that they went to the rail. This is the first time in Sydney that she's actually stuck to the rail and on the inside, and we didn't see a lay-in or lay-out, so maybe that's the trick to her. And 
I know it played out perfectly going back to the inside, but every time she sort of got to the outside, she's wanted to do a lot wrong. So um, I think all punters can be forgiven to, to miss her on that day. She's had plenty of chances, but uh, props to Chris Waller. He, he went against the media, went against all us punters' opinions um, to go into Melbourne, stuck to Sydney, and they come away with a group one. Michael D, phenomenal. That's his fourth group one in the last six months at a strike rate of 23.5% in group one races. That is dead set phenomenal for any jockey. What hope have us punters got when we've got to make sure that Espiona gets a run on the rail because she doesn't go straight as she goes to the outside of horses. Um, Jules, just explain the significance of prior to Jenny's run, because I know that um, Ana Visto pulled out, th- pulled up three out of five lame and I hope she's okay. Um, but she was never a chance when they went that quick from a standing start in the first 600 metres and she was getting on the chewy. And then you think, well, when you're looking at the times there on the top right-hand corner on Sky Racing, you're thinking, well, prior to Jenny's got to stop. Um, but what a run. And that's, I think that's the way to ride her, but they don't go much bigger. No, she's gone enormous. We sort of identified her first up. We thought she would be ready to, she was probably not too far away. We speak about these horses that are on speed. They sort of bring them back after their spells pretty well bang on their mark just because that's, you have to ride these horses, um, you know, forward. So you've got to be really fit. So I think they would have had prior to Jenny pretty well wound up and mm-hmm. I thought it, she was going to run a massive race second up, but I just didn't think she'd probably be able to match in such a good group one. So no, huge performance. Just got to be careful now so we can get sucked in and say, okay, um, want to be with her third up because it was such a big performance, but this will take a little bit out of her. Does she have exactly. the flat, flat one next yep. start? And then we sort of need to regroup fourth up. So just mindful. Hopefully she has something like 21 days or something like that. And then you can probably bet with a bit of confidence, but two weeks, just be careful about her. Cause she just might get that flat one. Well, I think you want, you, you want almost at least a month that horse, especially that yard. They space them. They're okay. But I'm going to click back up off that tempo. Yeah, that's, that's what Kira Ma said yesterday when I was listening to him, he said that, that she felt the run, she took her and Steel City to the beach, and uh, he's well aware that that definitely would have taken something yeah. out of her. Um, so she'll have a, a space in between her her next run. But she's a belter's on the quick back up to the All Star Miles. She finished third in that race off a hot speed. So she yeah, that might she just thought she, she thought that was a hot speed, did she? Yeah, she might. That might <laughs> Good have, luck to your toots. Yes, that might have tightened her right up to sit and smoke the pipe on the back of Keats and go over the top of her because I thought she was going to win there for a sec. She's a belter, Jules. Yeah, it was a really good performance. Yep. I think I have a sort of general rule on the quick seven day backup. I sort of want to come like them coming out of moderately run races. So let's yep. we'll test that theory out on Saturday with she's a belter. But um, no, it was a, it was a good performance. What about your? Um, please explain, Dino. Yeah, mine's an interesting one. Uh, yesterday, we had the Black Opal, obviously, uh, which is, used to be a key leader to the, the Golden Slipper. Um, yesterday was the first time in its history that a horse has won the, the race on debut. And the race is only worth 120000 So, Auto Ballet has a really tricky prospect now of actually making the field off purely off the prize money of winning the race. So I just think the race needs to be worth enough money to be exempt or make the race guaranteed into the Slipper. I think it's Canberra's key two days, Canberra Cup on the Monday, Black Opal on the Sunday. I just think the prize money needs to be increased. Horses that go to that race um, need to be into the slipper. We've seen some really nice horses go to the race, Criterion, Takedown, Trapeze Artist. So 
I think it's been lost a little bit uh, with the Sydney Carnival, and I think the prize money needs to be increased, and um, Canberra needs to be shown on that Sunday. Maybe if their government supported racing a little bit better, then we might give them a little bit of a, a leg up. But until then, they can pull their heads in. Um, not, not that's not the Canberra Racing Club's fault, but the, the government there's a shamozle. I like it when you go whack Gareth just um, without thinking, and then you, then you go, oh, maybe yeah. I should have said that. No, not, I reckon Canberra it. deserves all oh, the help. Full credit get, to you, but the government. Full credit to you, um, please. Now, what did you? What was your... 120 k's of disgrace. Let's just say that. Yeah, what was your please explain there, Jules? Um, how did is it me get beaten in the last? <laughs> Pocket talking. Pocket yes. talking. Oh, I was tough oh, to watch, wasn't you, it? You, 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 knew, you, you knew you were dead about the whole way, though, didn't you? Yes, correct. Yeah, it was just. Like, it was as just soon take... as you got pocketed, but just one pair further back than you wanted on the fence. You're yeah, like, I was. Yeah, I was sort of. I sort of mapped leaders back. I actually spoke to you Friday or Thursday, Dicko, and you sort of mapped her yeah. leaders oh, back. Do you speak thought, off air? Occasionally, <laughs> he was swearing at me at something, and um, we. Uh, I thought if she was letters back, she she wins, but it didn't work out that way. And um, you know, we can sort of get over it and go. You know, that's punting, but sometimes they're yes, really yes no. bitter pills to swallow. I'm a bad punter. You all know that. That happened to me last year. This time last year, Newmarket Day, we had a quaddy with Guesty and a few mates. Mark Guest. Mm. Um, and there he goes. He's name dropping there. Politics. Name tired. dropping. I don't know who else was with us. I forgot. Shaq. Oh, yeah. God, let us know. LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we put in fifty dollars each or a hundred dollars, and we had a quaddy. And we've got, and Guesty said we've got to put this Kiwi in Rockin' Horse. So we put oh. Rockin' Horse in a hundred to one. We get to the last leg. We're going for a great collect. Do we lay off? We don't like. We're trying to work out what horses we lay off with, um, and we lay <laughs> four horses back. And Harry Coffey wins, but we had Cardinal Queen one out in the oh, famous Yabby Dan farm colours for Kiramar and David Eustace mm. and Johnny Allen just didn't have any luck whatsoever. No. Um, <laughs> and it was such a, like you walked away, the, the emo, talking about the emotion, the emotion of the pump, we went upstairs to the rooftop bar mm. and it was like, you couldn't, you couldn't give me enough shots to put a smile on my face. You bet um, you it, tried. It took me an hour and a half to get over it. We did, but yeah, it is, it, you need a little bit of luck in life, don't you, Jules? You do, with everything that oh. you do in life. Now, well, last time you went out even to the, the race. Gra- even the Grayson get it wrong, G. Look yeah. at Mark Zara next to lead us, three wide the trip. Full oh, credit. By the way, Geordie says, can you boys, I was going to read out the text messages towards the back end, but you've just mentioned next leader. Uh, can you boys come up with a punishment every time Dicko declares the horse and it loses? It's getting out of hand. Every week we're here, easiest bet of all time, or him declaring a winner. Love you, Dicko, but it's got to stop. That's from Geordie. Well, Geordie, you can come to Geordie, lunch. Geordie, Geordie. No, Geordie, my man. Yeah. My man. The horse sat three wide, no cover the entire, and ran past the favourite in the race and didn't catch the leader that kicked. So, well, if you're going to do that every day of the week, you're going to end up winning. It was, yep. it was a bad beat, my man. Well, Give me a break. Come on. You've, you've mentioned your please explain. There's your please explain then, Dicko, but... Jules, what are you? I know Dino, you're in Sydney, so it's a little bit hard to invite you. Um, what are you doing, Jules, this week? Oh, I'll do whatever. Here we go. I'll do whatever you want me to do, mate. All right then. Hey, Geordie, if you're <laughs> listening, mate, um, since you give Dicko a good whack there, you can come with us as well. We're going to. <laughs> we, we're going to Nobu. Oh, I'm going to order two dozens of those beef tacos. Yeah, there won't be enough. Yeah. <laughs> Because the Marlboro bloodstock are paying for them because, Fantastic. you know, for a man that's meant to be a formatalist, he was saying that well, um, young, young, young Vert well. would run in the top. I give him top three. I thought, please. It's a bit, it's the biggest non winner of all time. It's, um, I tell you what, it was well backed. $11 into $7. The market wanted to bear with it. Probably getting back to that 2000 meter best runs on the Turnbull where it, you know, ran really well yep. two years in a row. 
So you can see little horses for courses at Flemington, what, what the market sort of gravitates towards. But um, It doesn't win. It got beat by Johnny Get Angry in a derby. Yep, no, it's a fair call. Yeah, mm. but but that G, it was the second fastest last time meters in the race after being held up the, like, for the majority, majority but, of the straight. But, it was a good performance and a good run, and you were very, very lucky you didn't no, run third. Dicko. And I'm happy to shout you because I had a bet. But he's one of those horses, Dicko, that he knows that we've had a bet. And so he goes, well, I'm going to fix up Dicko. I'm going to get held up and run fourth. <laughs> and that's what he does. He runs second okay. when you back him to win, and he runs fourth well, when you back him each way. No, I, I had him to collect like half of the biggest money of all my entire life. But I, I love the horse. Hashtag love the horses. But I hate this horse. Yeah. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six to join our conversation. We'll, we'll take a quick break on the other side of it. It's full credit time. And Emissary right down the outside at the 250. Right you are in front of Vow and Declare. Emissary late the outer. Right you are at the 150. Vow and Declare a half away than Emissary. But right you are with 100 metres to go. Drawing clear and continues to build the picket fence. Right you are the winner. So right you are was dominant wins again for Kiramar and David Eustace and has firmed right in with Bet365. And of course, Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble uh, responsibly. 1-800-858-858 um, for the Australian Cup, Jules. He's just a dead set winner, this horse. On speed, makes his own luck. He, he's bomb-proof at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. They can keep him deep into the prep, so there's no worries there from a camp perspective. Um, I've got it about two seconds inside standard time. Now, the last section's soft, but um, just keeps winning. <coughs> what do you? Th- what did you make of his performance there, Dicko? It's just a good horse, but if like what what level are they capable of? Is my question. You know, like like we said, they backed Young Lord as the non-winner to beat yeah. these horses. I'd love to be able to get set something that's a bit of fresh blood made from Sydney in the Australian Cup, Jules. You know, like a yeah. bit of a price with a different setup. I just love that sort of option from a punting point of view versus just picking one of these numbers. Like Emissary is going to improve, but is it going to improve enough? Right, your eyes going really well. Can it maintain that level? It's just kind of numberish and. I love some fresh blood. So you got Gold Troop five fifty on Thunderstruck seven dollars nonconformist. We know he's definitely going to the Australian Cup at seven dollars. Mawunga at eight dollars. Right, you are at eight dollars. Alcaquer at ten. Steinem at ten. He's a shocker at thirteen dollars. Emissary at thirteen dollars, and then Mister Brightside and Alligator Blood were both unlikely at thirteen dollars and fifteen dollars. All right, Dean, ain't full credit for you, mate. Yeah, we touched on the top of the show. My full credit goes to D. Holland. Uh, I just think the way he conducted himself post-race, in the race, the, the whole uh, situation, um, big props to him. And we'll often see those situations. We can see someone come out on top and in the lights and Dean Holland gets my full credit this week. Yeah, well, under Dean Dean Holland. My full credit goes to Julie Sandu and Moya Lass. What a performance by this filly. Um, a maiden galloper heading to Flemington on a Saturday afternoon and she hit the line extremely well, I thought, Dicko, to finish fourth. And she is definitely a horse that you want to be backing at her next start. Hopefully at a Chuka in a maiden. Yeah, but it was a good performance. She's got she's well above average. Went good in the sweet spot, forward to midfield. There's a real pattern on Saturday. Anything that settled worse than midfield was a good run if it hit the line. I think it gives more credit to the, the win of In Secret um, and the win of I've forgotten what it was. Anyway, another horse made a bit of ground. It was very hard to make ground on Saturday. That horse was in the sweet spot, G, but yeah, it's yep. got options for law because it's amazing. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point that Dicko make, makes. So when we do review this meeting, you want to break up, obviously, the straight and the circle because, in essence, they're, they're two different tracks. I know they're on the same track, but just be mindful of that. And mm-hmm. I thought the circle, um, you needed to be definitely, you know, first five or six in running, and I think the results show that. So be forgiving of those ones that maybe missed courts, uh, lost sight of the bunny. Um, but uh, that's how it played. But then we learn again, okay, so if it's out four metres again, we're going to get a dry deck at Flemington most days, and if it's out four metres, circle, that's where you need to be playing, forward yep. and midfield. Got to how learn did you think things. that track play? Oh, I thought play. it played really well. I yep. mean, they're fast track, so it was already, I mean, it got, gets upgraded after race six, so probably running times quicker than that throughout the day. So we know it's hard to make ground on really fast decks. So we should be playing to that space already, um, and I thought it played as we expected it to play, and it, it played brilliantly. What about you, Jules? Who's your full credit? Uh, my full credit? I'm going to give it to what you need because I think he's going yep. to be a horse that we can follow with a lot of confidence at the top end. I'm giving full credit to yourself. for opening oh. bell made a tremendous debut there on, on Saturday morning on SEN Track as we dissect the markets and try and work out where the money is going to help us back a winner on a Saturday. And... It is fascinating. You're on fire, Swing G. You are really on fire. I love that. It is fascinating. It is fascinating to to watch those markets because you can do all the form that you want, um, but analysing the markets in the early part of a Saturday morning, especially, can help you back winners. Yeah, absolutely. It sort of also gives you a guide of how you think the bigger players think the track's going to play. Like I found it fascinating that they really wanted to back Savannah Cloud in race eight, and you look at it and you go, "Geez, this horse has been up forever." What's going on? It's like twelve dollars into six fifty. Like it was twelve into sort of seven fifty eight dollars when we spoke, Jay. And I was just like, this is going to continue to to firm in what we were, what we were seeing. And you could see that they thought this track was going to be, or that map probably in particular, you needed to be forward yeah. around the circle. So you get great guides from. Yep, you do your form and you think it's going to play like that. But that market intelligence, even at nine a.m., is is so helpful to the punter. And Dicko, I think you're on Saturday morning. You're making your debut because we're at the Ascot Vale Hotel. Looking forward to that. And Jules, you'll be joining us online, hopefully. I haven't talked to you about that, but I think you can make it on a Saturday morning from Ballarat, can't you? I can do that. Yep. And I'm looking forward to being at the Ascot Vale Hotel, an all-star mile day where, of course, we'll be broadcasting all of the action, starting with winners and then going to the trackside team in the afternoon. And, Dicko, you'll be a little bit nervous because, Keats, this is the biggest week of your life. I don't believe in God, G, but um, it's up to the gods yeah. what happens. I'm just going to try and enjoy the, the week of the day. I'm not actually that nervous at all. All right, then. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with horses to follow. Dicko, hopefully you're still around. What are you heading to the um, gate now at the airport? Yeah, well, I don't travel like, like G Hall does, partners. I'm not in the Virgin Lounge. just... Mixing with the punters and uh, yeah, waiting to get called. All right, then we'll take a break and we'll come back with horses to follow. Plus, there's some ripper text messages today. I'm looking forward to reading them out. Steel City going boldly inside the 250 from Untouchable Legend, then Remedies. Blanc de Blanc making steady headway now and then came August Bloom, but Steel City's getting stronger and the filly ripping away for a big win in the Magic Night. Steel City trounces them. Blanc de Blanc second, August Bloom got up for third. So Steel City, too strong in the Magic Nine. We had the Pago Pago as well on that program. And I know they've always had a big opinion of uh, the Chris Waller train cult, written by James McDonald, of course, owned in those famous Coolmore colours. And this Galloper has been well supported since Saturday, Dean Watling, for the Golden Slipper. And I speak as Shinzo. Could he win the Golden Slipper this year? 
No, I don't think he can. I think the Pago Pago, it's rated about three lengths worse than the Magic Knight overall. I think that's the B grade form. He looks the perfect three rolled horse and the stable of Echo that he, he sort of gives you a lot of the feels of your home affairs setup. Um, he's really good coming from the back there. Not many horses made good ground, but overall the time in his runs and the races he's come through, I don't think that's the A1 form. But on the flip side, I think the Magic Knight, still City, she's a really big uh, slipper chance. Um, the race overall is rated about 0.3 lengths above the standard, um, three lengths better than the Pago Pago. And we saw Key Michi come out of the Magic Knight to win the slipper as well. So... But looking at that in, in a slipper setup, I think Todman and the Riesling two weeks ago have, have the wood on these, but I think Steel City could possibly be the one um, that could challenge them. Horses to follow, Dicko. Well, I think we've sort of forgotten about Vate, V8. V8, yes. I thought that ride was outstanding. It made ground when other horses didn't. It put him away. He's completely untapped. He's completely... He's, he's a beautiful, beautiful horse with a lot of upside. Yes, son of Grunt. Main horse to follow, yeah. And yeah. full credit to Yulong and the Grunt. Who would have thought Grunt would be delivering like he is? Well done. Jules, horses to follow? Yeah, I found it tough, tough actually, Saturday to horses mm. to follow. But I think there's a horse, and we spoke about it last time it ran as well, is it keeps going up against these horses, but its rating's so low that it, it could just go back to an open handicap and be on the min. It's called Yaffet. Um, Cliffy Brown. I, yeah, I think it's going really well, but it's you know it's running these fifth and sixth against these horses that it's you know getting really no weight relief. So I'd love to see it go back to an open handicap on a Saturday possibly, and you'll be on the min. And uh, I think you'll get just about a peak run next start wherever they decide to go. Dean Watling. Yeah, I agree with Jules. I didn't find anything out of Saturday, but one yesterday, absolute steamer. Myron Eustace horse, Tiz Invincible, was 650 into 250 and caught 4-5 wide, the trip in the Black Opal. And I thought it was really brave to stick on. It goes to the Percy Sykes next, I'm hearing. So that's one we can throw in the Black Book out of yesterday's meeting, G. All right, then we'll take a break. Then we'll come back with your questions. Get them in because uh, there's some rippers today. Oscar's going to pick out the best text message for a couple of great prices Prizes, so I'll mention those prizes in just a moment. 0499 736 736. Um, plus, we'll also have a look at a couple of those future markets ahead of a massive day, especially at Mooney Valley with the All Star Mile. And of course, in Sydney, it's Golden Slipper Day at Rose Hill. At the 300, Knight's Order being joined by Protagonist. Then Sunshine Rising, they beat off Stockman. And then Zarek running on. It's Protagonist just the leader from Sunshine Rising and Zarek lengthening wide out. Protagonist just in front of Zarek. It's Protagonist. McDonald trying to lift him. Zarek goes home on the outside and just fell short, I'd say. Give it to Protagonist and nose to Zarek. So Protagonist was Willie Haggis' horse that was first up in this country. He had some handy enough form lines, especially on a good track to be competitive Jules but we had a chat about this on opening bell and you mentioned that if he was firm or um, there was some backing for him that you needed to follow the money and he was firm enough there on Saturday. He was, he was $5 sort of remained sort of yep. into that $4.80 yep. and as we said on opening bell that if this horse just remains at that price you had to have something on if you were playing in the race because it was t the market was telling us that he would be there and would be really competitive so hopefully the punters followed in there um, Sunshine Rising was a drifter, 480 out to 650 yeah. runs third. And King Frankel probably flat off that really good performance sort of first up. It was solid enough in the market, $4 out to $4.40, $4.50. But I think it might be able to bounce back next up possibly. He, yeah, he needs a Sydney Cup, I think. The jock said after the race, um, King Frankel, let's get to the text messages. And Bear Robertson, our mate from Tasmania, he was in that punters club with Guesty and I. I know, how, 
I'm sorry, Bear. How could I forget, mate? Um, how could you forget Bear Robinson? Yeah, Bear. He's a word. He's 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 as bad as punter as I am. Now, um, Bear says Dicko not nervous. <laughs> of course, he's got a part. He's got a small share in the inevitable. Um, Gee, can I get some of what he is on? That's from Bear from Hobart. Well, Bear, I don't think you need what he's on. I don't on. know if you want to do it. No. I'll just done, Bear. Um, Gold Trip will not run in the Australian Cup 100%. Owen from Bondi. Thoughts on Tiz Invincible, Dino, being crunched in from 650 into 250 yesterday. I know you mentioned that yeah. it's a horse to follow, but that is some go. Phenomenal go. The trials were elite. Uh, the form around the trials were really good. And it's out of a half to Anima. So the breeding's there, the stable's there. When they normally back one, they normally produce. So um, don't drop off. I think we follow up into the Percy Sykes where she'll be uh, mighty hard to beat. Weigh in, please, boys. Who's more cast outside of WA, William Pike or Bob Peters? Very good question. Um, <laughs> I'd probably give it to Bob Peters, clearly. And Pike nearly uh... won a group one on the weekend. He was going to be my oh no. Um, and I'm giving it away a little bit for the means test, but Bob Peters, like those horses, like um, what we saw on the weekend at Flemington, great horses that have been um, superb for him for so long are just not themselves. He sold, a, he sold a group one winner on English Digital last week and it brought 70,000 only. Yeah. Like, um, that's just... Interesting times, Jules. Yeah, they're, they're struggling, that's for sure. Um, and market doesn't want them, so it's spitting them out as well. So a um, bit of work to do there. Yeah, those horses I'm talking about, like Inspirational girls, only fair. She loom, they, they, They're looming up to win, but they just don't have that killer instinct they once had. Um, and then, of course... It's quite a lot. They, they look like they've been overworked or something. Like they don't have that zip. Yeah, and the Australian mm. Cup prelude as well. Um, Regal Power. Regal Power, he's Regal an all-star mole champ. Maybe he's past his best, but they had the blinkers on him. So they, they wanted to make sure that he ran to his best on Saturday and he just couldn't go. Um, lucky Dicko isn't playing cricket, declaring every week and not winning often. Love the confidence, though. <laughs> Keep it up. That's from Gav. Um, guys, does, does Lofty strike... Not... Sorry, Dicko. Bring it on. Keep coming. Um, guys, does Lofty strike need a new hoop? Just seems to get too far back with Froggy on board. Thanks. That's from Jakey from Bandura. We won't go to you on this, Dicko, because he's riding Keats and you won't bag him. Um, uh, but from an independent point of view, Jules, your thoughts there from Jake? Yeah, from it's, Jake's a, question. it's an interesting one, actually, because I thought a few of them, including the second and third horse in that new market, just seemed to get a bit too far back. We've seen it up the straight a couple of times. I thought Buenos Notches in the spring was getting a little bit too far back, and obviously Froggy was riding that horse as well at that time. Uh, there might be something in that, but um, look, he's definitely not going to be too far back on Keats. I can assure you of that. Dicko? I can assure you that as well. And I w what I would say is that Lofty Strikes run a career PB on Saturday. So like, that's how you really need to measure the ride. Like this, this bloke's got the most out of this horse. Yeah. Just just run into a, like, like a really, really good horse and they've run an enormous figure. Some people... Like, so he's actually ri he's ridden the horse really good. Yeah. Some people are quick to forget it was a G1 butcher on um, Ty Invincible there yesterday from Mickey D after he took mm. out that group one. Yeah, it wasn't one of his greatest, but Mickey D's got enough credit in the bank. Um, it wasn't a group one. That's why. No. Um, we've got a few more questions coming through. Morning, fellas. Does anyone have a stat on Brett Preble and leaders winning? He looks to nail most times with the Waterhouse bot runners and horses that head to the front. Um, and high and maintain a high cruising speed, then kick off that. That's from Mitch there, Dino. You would have those stats because you're a stats man. 
Yeah, give me two sacks. I've got it up. I ran him the other day, Brett Preble, since he's been in City, and he's striking phenomenally well. But give me two seconds, and I'll, I'll be able to bring up his um, his front-running stats, courtesy of ratings to win. Let's have a look at a couple of the, the oh. future markets there heading into Saturday. Hey, Dicko, I'll, I'll go to you here, Jules. For the Bet365 backers and the followers of Giddy Up on a Wednesday morning for the Futures Cup, and we listen to the driver who everybody should listen to. And he told us to get on cylinder at $67. He's now into $4 and you had $50 on him. Would you lay off or would you just let him ride? How would you approach that situation being the smart man that you are? Yeah, we're well, asking the wrong person with these kinds of things. With $50, I just <laughs> let it ride. I go take a flight up to Rose Hill and just uh, get on yep. the coattails of the horse and doesn't win you. Kick your onies all the way home. But um yeah, you can do a bit of work around that, that if you've got it at $67 and it's now going to probably SP around $4, you can definitely make a profit if that's the way you want to play, but be brave. Be brave, yeah. And when the final fields come out, you do get a cash-out option with yep. Bet365. Yep, so you can investigate that. Don't cash out. That. Don't cash out. You're going to take Correct. gross unders. Yeah. Let it ride. If $50 is your entire betting bank, maybe arbitrage it slightly, but just grow up, All sit right, back man. and enjoy it. Dino, what about King's Gambit? This is from Owen being slept on for the slipper. It seems a very similar narrative to Capitalist a few years ago. Yeah, I've got my concerns about him. I just don't like the preparation. I think the Todman, which the Snowden's used a fair bit to get to the slipper, they avoided that and went to a trial, which tells me that they, maybe they're keeping this horse together just for one last run, which has to be a big concern as a two-year-old. You sort of need every, everything to go right on grand final day. I think he will be a much better three-year-old, but I'm in the other camp. I'm the top worried about old King's Gambit. What about the All-Star Mile? It's interesting now with a few jockey changes. Looks like... D Moore will be riding on Thunderstruck. He's at 550. We still need a rider for Mr. Brightside, 550. Alligator Blood, 325. Um, Cascadian at $13. Laws of Indices at 15. Mwanga at 17. Where is where is Keats? Keats, $67 with bet 365 there, Jules. Missing a zero oh, at okay. the end of it. Hey, do you know who I like in this race? <laughs> Just I'm just firing up Dicko there, just firing him up. Um, would you have some, like, what about Cascadian at $13 off a hot speed if Jack lives up to his promise to put the foot down with Keats? Yeah, do you reckon um, Dicko's team are throwing all this out there, that, but in essence then he's just going to lead at a moderate mm. tempo and then kick away at the 400 and run a 10-8 split 200 to win it and everyone thinks that they're going to go fast? This could be one of the greatest heists of all time from the mailbag. Yeah, well, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think people are that stupid, are they? Like Blake Shin, he'll want to lead uh, with alligator blood. Anyway, Dicko, just don't. Yeah, that, if you, are you giving you giving him up already, Jules? No, with I'm those not, private I'm, conversations? No, we don't talk about stuff. We don't talk about important things. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, Dicko, you, I think you might be calling everybody's bluff. Um, look, no comment. We just intend to ride our horse to the best of its abilities. It's proven at Mooney Valley. It's uh, broken. A, a, a good benchmark at Mooney Valley last preparation. That was obviously before it come back and run at weight for age in group two versus a Melbourne Cup winner and almost knock it off. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a stupid price, our horse. It has track and trips form. Cascadian's never seen the valley. It, it'll be it'll be like going past the Legends Bar, crabbing around the corner, Cascadian. It, it can't win at the valley. Love and running, 450 Passive aggressive, $5. Uncommon James, 7 Eduardo, 9 Shades of Rose, 9 Remark, 11 Cool and Gatter's not going there at 11 Who wins the Galaxy? Anyone have an opinion there? At the Yes, Dino? 
Yeah, I think the the profile for this race is you want to be 55 and under. Wait to see the weights this week, Brian Common James, but he's got that perfect on-pace profile. 1,100 metres start at Rose Hill, no matter what, it suits those horses up on speed. So I think he is the one in the market at the moment that's probably over the odds. And I love him. I think he's well-suited here. And um, interesting to see how Lost and Running turns up off some really nice trials. I reckon Manzois could be worth a small each-way bet or... Virtuous Circle in the Rose Hill Guineas. Anyone agree there at 11 and 9? Yeah, Virtuous Circle. Virtuous Circle. Yep. He was a black Blind. book of jewels Blind. for you too. Oh, uh, he was okay in a... Okay. He, no, he was very good in a poor rating. He was very good in a poor rating race. Who wins the Adelaide Cup, Jules? Who's in it? Oh, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your mate JJ would be disappointed yeah, with nah, you. No that's way. like bagging his football side, his hometown I'm cup. I'm setting him up. I'm setting him up so he, he can do some work and stuff for you on your show. Hey, Dicko, good luck this week with Keats. Love your work, um, Jules. I'll see, Have I'll a see wonderful day. And Dino. Nobu, Nobu. Yeah, terrific stuff. See you, boys. Um, I'll tell you who wins the best text message. I think Arwen, well done. Regarding King's Gambit, I like that text message regarding if he can win the slipper or not. We'll take the nine o'clock news on the other side of it. We'll find you some winners. We bag of tips for Canberra and Adelaide Cup Day.